The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com that's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C dot com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website, which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we heard the first half of a sermon entitled The Priority of the Word of God. If the Word of God is not our priority, then we are struggling and straying out in this sin-cursed world. Join us today as we hear the conclusion of this sermon regarding the preeminence and priority of the Word of God. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Tears flood my eyes, I cry to
He said, you're a dreamer of dreams. You know, in one place, Brother Buddy and I were talking this afternoon. In one place, uh, the prophet says, if you've got a dream, tell the dream. He said, but if you're going to preach the word, preach it faithfully. <laughs> preach it faithfully. You can tell your dream. I can tell you some dreams. My goodness, I've been having dreams lately. I may be a prophet, Brother Mackey. I don't know. You know how many people have been led astray by dreams? <laughs> Instead of preaching dreams, I could get up here and tell you my dreams, and I could interpret them, and, and, and they might be some interesting dreams, and they might sound pretty good. I could get up here and tell you my opinions. I could go study philosophy, and I could come back, and I could give you a discourse on some kind of humanistic-type philosophy and mix it in with my dream, <laughs> you know? And y'all think, man, he's great. But the problem is, the problem with that is, is some other guy come along with a better dream and a better philosophy and a better way of speaking. And, and, and next thing you know, where in the world do I stand? Who do I follow? Guess what? It doesn't matter who the prophet is. It doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, we've got an entire religious system out there based upon an alleged angel appearing to a man many, many years ago. You know, that's, that's part of the problem with not having God's Word as our priority. Do you understand that if an angel walked through those back doors right now and came down to the front of the church, every person here would probably fall down at his feet and be tempted to worship him. You say, oh, not me. Are you better than Peter? Are you better than the apostle Peter? Peter was on the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter's, Peter was up there when the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, he saw the Lord Jesus Christ as a man most of his life, walking around in, a, in his human body. But there was a time when they went up on a mountain and Jesus was transfigured before him. That means he, was, he shone with the glory that he had with his Father when he was there in heaven and that he possesses now. I believe, up there in heaven. But guess what? Two other men appeared unto him, Moses and Elijah, and they were transfigured as well. They were appeared in their glorified bodies up in, front of, uh, in front of Peter up there. You know what Peter did? Peter, the great apostle, Peter, first of all, he said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Amen. I agree. On the Mount of Transfiguration is a good place to be. If you ever can see God in your mind and in your heart, high and lifted up, that's a good place to be and a good place to stay in your spirit. But Peter went a little too far. He said, let's build three tabernacles. <laughs> let's build one to the Lord Jesus Christ, and then let's build one to Moses and one to Elijah. You know why Peter did that? It wasn't because he was some kind of pagan idol worshiper. It's because he was so impressed by the appearance of Moses and Elijah. And beloved, I submit to you that you and I would be just as impressed if we saw Moses or Elijah or an angel appear here. We would be, we would be tempted to want to build a tabernacle to them and worship them. You know what Paul said about, there was a man, there was a man named Joseph Smith who apparently claimed to have seen an angel up in New York State back in the 1800s. Of course, Joseph Smith was a founder of Mormonism. <clears throat> he saw this angel and he came back with a whole new religion. And, I, and, and I'll be honest, I don't blame him. 
I get it. I'd have been tempted to do that too if he indeed saw this angel. Uh, maybe he did. I don't doubt he might have. But even if he did, you know what Paul said about that? I, I don't blame the man. I'd have been impressed because I'll tell you, y'all, nothing, there's nothing to be compared to what an angel, those, those shepherds that were keeping their flocks by night and the angels appeared to them. What, what is the common th refrain of anybody that's ever seen an angel? They all want to fall down and worship them. John the Baptist, John the Revelator wanted to fall down and worship an angel. Those, those shepherds were sore afraid. The glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. It would be tempting to listen to the angel. But here's what Paul said about it in Galatians. He said in verse 8, But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. You know, what, you know what Paul's telling us here? He's not telling us that it's out of the question that an angel might appear to you. Uh, some angel or demon, an angel, you know, the devil can appear as an angel of light. It's not out of the question that that may happen. What happened to Joseph Smith may have happened. But he said, I don't care if they do. You don't go against the precepts and the teachings of this word. I've got something here for you that is much, much better. 2 Peter chapter 1, listen to this. <laughs> listen to this in chapter 1 and, uh, well, I can't, I can't start in verse 20. I've got to go back to verse 16. Peter here is, is establishing his credentials with those that he's writing to. He says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Remember me telling you about Peter going up into the mountain of transfiguration? He's about to talk about it right here. He's establishing his credentials before those that he's writing to. He says, For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You remember when Peter said, let's build three tabernacles. That's one of two times, I believe it is, that we read about in the scriptures when the voice of God spoke out of heaven while Jesus was here on earth. And it was to set Peter straight that this, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. You don't need to be making tabernacles to Moses or Elijah or you don't need to build up in your mind a tabernacle to any kind of preacher. You don't need to build up in your mind a, a worship of any kind of church. You need to be looking to what my word says. He says, you measure it by the measuring stick of the word of God. That should be your priority. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Man, that ought to be something. You ought to, if Peter said, hey man, I heard the voice of God speak. I was in the presence of Jesus. So what's he saying? You ought to listen to what I have to say. You ought to hear my opinions. You ought to listen to my dreams. No. He said, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Isn't that amazing? What could be more sure than seeing Jesus transfigured? The word of God. See, it's more sure than that. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as, un as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. That's amazing to me. You know what he's telling us there? He's saying, look, I saw Jesus. I saw him in bodily form and I saw him transfigured. And I heard the voice of God speak out of heaven. But I got something that's more sure than that. 
It's the Word of God, because he was referring to the Old Testament at this point, but he later refers to, he refers to some of Paul's writings, that internal evidence that Paul's writings are also inspired. And he said, what I've got here that's a more sure word of prophecy will take me through until the time when Jesus comes back. He said, you'll do well that you take heed because it's a light shining in a dark place. There's no darker place in this world. And you, you, you take heed to this more sure word of prophecy until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. You stay with the word of God. No matter if an angel comes down and preaches you something different. Doesn't matter if a preacher speaks with the voice of an angel. If he's preaching something contrary to the word of God, the word of God should be your priority. It will enlighten you in this world. It will take you to the point where you are able one day, ultimately you'll be taken in the presence of God and you'll be able to understand and hear it without any interference. Without any interference by the, by the worldly things that are around you or the worldliness that's within you. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Paul says, I don't care if an angel comes down and tells you something different. Your priority is the word of God. No prophet takes priority over the word of God. Now keep reading it with me and chapter 13 of Deuteronomy, and we'll, we'll kind of bring this to a close here in just a minute. He goes on to say in verse 5 that the prophet or dreamer of dreams shall be put to death that tells you you need to, you need to forsake God. He says, God, he said, you remember, this is the God that brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage. And then in verse 6, he says, if thy brother the son of thy mother or thy son or thy daughter or the wife of thy bosom or thy friend, which is as thine own soul entice thee secretly, saying, let us go and serve other gods which thou hast not known thou nor thy fathers, namely of the gods of the people which are round about you, nigh unto thee or far off from thee, from the one end of the earth to the other end of the earth, thou shalt not consent unto him nor hearken unto him. Neither shall thine eye pity him Neither shalt thou spare, neither shalt thou conceal him, but thou shalt surely kill him. Thine hand shall be first upon him to put him to death, and afterwards the hand of all the people. You know what he's saying here? Not only should no prophet take priority over the word of God, but no family should take priority over the word of God. It doesn't matter what your mama or your daddy or your brother or your sister, or your child, or even your wife or husband says about, Scripture said, look, forget about that stuff that's in the Word of God. Let's go after other gods. You know, primarily now, I realize mostly in the world, you don't have, in America, you don't have a lot of idols set up made of brass and iron and that sort of thing. But the idols of the worldliness that's out there, that's, that's what will take you away. Husband, wife, don't let your wife or husband take you away from the church. Don't let them say, oh, you don't have to go to church. You just get out here. It's, well, there's so much more out to life than what you see here. Don't, don't let them do that. No family takes priority over the Word of God. <clears throat> over in uh, Galatians chapter 1, 
verse 15. Paul says, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen, I ran home to mama and said, what do you think about this? I ran over to daddy and said, daddy, tell me what you know. Immediately, I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. In other words, when God said go, I went. I didn't go and ask permission. I didn't, I didn't seek to make sure mama was okay with it or daddy was okay with it or, or even my husband or my wife was okay with it. I, I, know, I know preacher's family catch it. So I hate to even, but I, I want to just share this with you. I've shared it with some, most of you know it anyway. Uh, when, when we came to Zion, when, when, the, when the Lord was leading us here, Leading me here. <laughs> my, my dear wife, you know this story, she didn't feel the same leading that I did. She didn't feel that this was the place for us at the time, back in 2011. And she had some really good reasons for questioning my judgment, let me just say. <laughs> I, I, had, I had pulled her all over this part of the country, and I, I have no, uh, it's no wonder she couldn't, she didn't trust where I was coming from. I guess that's not really what it was, but she just, it was all, we were all in an uproar and a turmoil in my family at that point. And I kept saying, Lord, just if it's your will, if this is where you want me, make her see it too. You know, I, I'd, I'd had trouble, as some of you know, in seeking signs in the past. And I was still looking for a sign, you know. I knew, I felt the Lord lead me. I knew she gave me the best advice that a, that, that a wife could ever give her husband especially a preacher's wife, buddy. She said, look, I don't feel it, but you're the leader. Lead us. Lead us. And, and that sobered me up pretty good, too. And I began to see that I needed to follow the Lord no matter what. And even when I joined, she still didn't feel it. But praise God, it wasn't long before she joined. <laughs> and by the time I baptized her, she looked me in the eye and she said, I prayed that God would make me feel the same way about this place that, uh, that you feel. And he has done that. So I'm, I want you to understand, this dear lady is all on board here. But she wasn't at first, but it didn't matter. It needed to, I needed to follow what the Lord was leading me to do. And praise God, he blessed that to the point where my whole family is here now. Praise the Lord for that, you see. But it didn't matter whether they were coming. It didn't matter whether even my wife was coming. At that point, the Lord was leading me and I needed to do what the Lord wanted me to do. And beloved, that's what he's saying here. It doesn't matter what family says. It doesn't matter what mama or daddy says or even husband or wife says or children say. It doesn't matter that the children's program isn't as good here at Zion as it is at some other church out there. It doesn't matter that uh, they don't have a basketball team here at Zion and they do at some other place. It doesn't matter what the facilities are like. It doesn't matter what, is, uh, uh, what's under, what, what we have here or what we don't have here. What matters is what does thus saith the word of God. Is this the place where the Lord has put his blessing? Is this the place, is this place following what the word of God is saying? No family takes priority. Continuing as we bring this to a close in chapter 13 of Deuteronomy. <clears throat> Verse 12. If thou shalt hear say in one of thy cities, 
which the Lord thy God hath given thee to dwell there, saying, Certain men, the children of Belial, are gone out from among you and have withdrawn the inhabitants of their city, saying, Let us go and serve other gods which ye have not known. And then you count up the numbers and see what the majority is doing, what most of the people want, and go that route. Is that what it says? <laughs> you know, I read, about a, I read about a church, or a, I don't know if I should call it a church. I read about a, a group one time that had decided they wanted to build a church in a certain community. And they sent out questionnaires throughout the community, door to door, asking, what do you want in a church? If I remember right, it had like multiple choice, you know. Do you want this, this? Do you want A, B, C, and D, or D? Or do you want A and B, C and D? You know, they, they had a, a whole questionnaire of what you are looking for in a church. Beloved, my question is not what are you looking for in a church. It's what is God looking for in a church? What is thus saith the word of God about the church? I realize we could change a lot of things probably here at this church uh, and, and, and modify some of our doctrinal positions, and we might, we probably could get in a bunch of other people to come, start coming to this church. Now, now let me just say this. We ought to be interested in those living around us or those we come in contact with in sharing with them the great truths of this, of this word and inviting them to come to our, to our church and to see, you know, that's the best evangelism too we got, is say, come and see. That, that, the woman at the well, she, she's probably the greatest evangelist I've read of. She said, come see a man. That, that's, our, that's all I ask. Come see a man. Don't come see me. Don't come see Brother Buddy or Brother John Morgan. I love the fellowship, but don't really come for that. Come see a man, the Lord Jesus Christ, that has done for us what we could not do for ourselves. Question is not what does a majority want? Because see, no people, no peer group should take priority over the Word of God. You young folks, you young folks that are going to college, going to school, it doesn't have to be college, getting out in social settings. Oh my, today there's so many things. No, so many people that would put pressure on you, the peer pressures of this day are greater, I believe, than they were when I was coming up. Don't let them influence you because here's what the Bible says about this. These folks have gone out. They've withdrawn to another God. They're serving other gods. What should you do about it? Verse 14, Then shalt thou inquire and make search and ask diligently. And behold, if it be the truth and the thing certain that such abomination is wrought among you, thou shalt surely smite the inhabitants of that city with the edge of the sword, destroying it utterly and all there is therein and the cattle and so forth. And goes on to talk about burning the spoil and that sort of thing. Don't take any of that into your bosom. Now, before you go away from here saying, Brother Chris said, go out and kill everybody that don't believe the way we do. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about here today. That was under the law that had to do with those children of Israel that were moving into the land of Canaan. But I'll tell you this, you better slay any idolatry in your life 
or around you in a figurative sense. If you have to cut out your associations with the closest friends you, you think you have in this life, if you have to remove yourself from the situations where the peers of your profession are doing things that shouldn't be, they shouldn't be doing and are leading you in directions you shouldn't be led, you need to cut that off. You need to take out your spiritual sword and slay it. If it means cutting off your hand, Plucking out your eye in a spiritual sense. Quit, quit dabbling in those things. <laughs> See, the Word of God should be our priority. We bring this to a close by looking over in Romans, the 12th chapter. You know this probably by heart. He says, I beseech you, in verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. What's, what happens with a sacrifice? When a sacrifice is made, something is slain. Something's killed, isn't it? There's some things in your life. There's some things around you. There may be some things in your home or at your work that you need to slay. You need to put them to death. You need to get rid of them from your life. He said, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove or test or prove out what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Notice how much the mind is involved in this. Your mind needs to be renewed. How do you renew your mind? You know, every time I pick up the word of God, I feel renewed in my mind. I, I can go for a few days, and I've done this occasionally, where I've gone for a few days, and I've maybe listened to sermons, and I've maybe sung a few songs or heard some singing, but I didn't pick up the Word of God. I did this not too long ago, and I picked up the Word of God. I went to the Psalms, and I started reading, and man, my mind felt renewed and refreshed within moments of doing that. But the idea here is that you're constantly digging into something that's going to help your mind build up, uh, help build up your spiritual mind. And that's the Word of God. Is the Word of God the priority in our lives? It's not the priority in our society. It's not even the priority in our schools, I'm sorry to say. It's not the priority in some of our churches, I'm afraid. But is the Word of God the priority in your life and in our lives and in our lives as a church? You know, one of the ways the Word of God needs to be a priority is that whatever it says, no matter what we think, <laughs> that's what we're going to do. I've shared this before, but I had a time when I was a young lawyer and a lady came to me and said, I want to get a divorce because I know the Lord has led this new man into my life. I know he has. Now, now I, I was not as spiritually mature then. I, don't, I know I didn't say what I should have said to her. I, wouldn't, I didn't promote that or condone it. As I recall, uh, didn't represent her, but, but if she came to me today, I'd say, ma'am, have you tested that by the word of God? God has led a man into my life so that I can divorce my husband and, 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 and get this new man. Have you read Exodus chapter 20? <laughs> Thou shalt not commit adultery unless I lead a new man into your life. <laughs> no, that's not what it says. That's not what it says. <clears throat> 
Does, does the word of God, you know, oftentimes we have people, I get into discussions with people that don't believe the doctrines of grace like I do. You know, you know what the best conversion tool that I have for, for, the, for peop, getting people to understand the gospel of the grace of God is to go study the word and prove me wrong. I can't tell you how many people through the years have said, you know what, I can't. Is the word of God your priority? Are you going, I, I, Brother Mike Ivey, I'll leave you with this. Brother Mike Ivey told me this. He grew up primitive Baptist. Brother Mike went through a period where he was having a, a crisis of, I don't know if that's the right word, but he was, he was questioning what he, what he believed and wanting to make sure that, that it lined up with the word of God. And he said, Brother Chris, I took the word of God and I decided that I was going to follow the truth no matter where it took me even if it led me away from the primitive Baptists. You know, that's a good approach to, to, to your prioritizing the Word of God. Are you willing to take the truth of God's Word no matter where it leads you? Beloved, I'm willing to do that. I go ahead and let you in on a little secret. The truth of God's Word led me here. <laughs> so I'm kind of... I'm kind of stuck over here, but I'm, I'm still, I'm willing, if the Word of God says, uh, says that this is the direction that I should go, then, beloved, I'm willing to go that direction, no matter where it is and no matter what it hurts. Praise God. Psalm 119 and verse 105 says, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Did you know that's the best part of this whole message? To prioritize the Word of God doesn't hurt you at all. In fact, it helps you. Because the Word of God is going to always lead you in the right way. It's going to lead you to the right place. It's going to lead you to the right person. It's going to lead you to the right belief. And it's going to help you get through every struggle in this world. And believe you me, there's struggles in this world. But we need something to light our path. This is it right here. The Word of God is it our priority. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.